I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Pod Show listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. It's The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. My first guest this evening is a Tony and Grammy-nominated singer and actor who sold over 30 million records worldwide. Now he's back on Broadway as the demon barber of Fleet Street in Sweeney Todd. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Josh Groban. Hey. Hello. Nice to see you again. Good to see you. Thank you so much for nice having me. Nice to see you again. Great to uh, see you. Uh, have not sat to talk with you in person in, in, in a minute or two. Yes. So I haven't had a chance to thank you uh, publicly. For last year, you and Sarah Bareilles uh, did uh, a song in celebration of the 50th anniversary of my Ben & Jerry's yes. uh, charity ice cream. And what a song. Yes. <laughs> American Dream. Lewis uh, wrote an uh, extraordinary... Uh, ama- amaz- amazing arrangement <laughs> by Lewis song. over there in yeah. the band. Uh, let's show a little clip of what sure. you guys did. Goodness, the honor. honor was mine, sir. Yes. I had just gotten that melody out of my head about three days ago, and uh, <laughs> now it's back for you're forever, welcome. baby. Yeah. Okay, well, you're never going to get these melodies out of your head because you're back on Broadway. Yes. Uh, so yeah. Thank you. Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street, you made your debut in 2016 yes. in... Uh, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Yes, thank you. So, okay, is being back on Broadway like riding a bike? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it, it definitely, you rely on muscle memory a lot. It's an amazing thing after touring and being in uh, various venues around the world to be like, to have a house that's your house and you're inviting people to your space yes. and your energy every night to continue to tell a, tell a story that you've, uh, for me, I've loved this show since I was very, very little. So, mm. Uh, to have the opportunity to give this show to people who've seen it 50 times. And then, you know, we have such an incredible cast with Annalie Ashford and uh, Gaten Matarazzo and Jordan Fisher. So we've got, like, lots of young fans for them in the audience mm-hmm. and who's never seen Sweeney Todd before. And you can hear the verbal clutching of pearls out there when they, when they hear <laughs> the twists and turns of this show. Like, I assume everybody's seen it and know what, what happens, but mm-hmm. you, we hear this, <gasps> and I go, I'm like... Yeah, good. They got it. Yeah, good, good. So it's a bit, a bit of a dark tale. I don't want to give yes. away, uh, you know, too much out there for the people who haven't seen it yet, who might want to clutch their pearls when they get there. Sure. Uh, have you lost your taste for meat pies yet? <laughs> I, um, you know, what's funny about our meat pies in this particular production is that 
Um, I'm a pescatarian, and Annalie Ashford is gluten-free. So we have, we have, they've baked us specific, very L.A. meat pies for us with, like, vegan gluten-free flour. There's flour going all over the place. So, um, no, these, these, are, um, these, these, these pies are disgusting. Uh, are, they, are they, like, that sounds dry. I don't know why oh, that sounds dry to me. It's very dry. It's very crumbly. She sings, she gives me a pie in one of the scenes to eat, and she's singing about how disgusting the pie is, and it's method. It is disgusting. And, I'm, and I have to, the hardest part, there's a lot of hard things I have to do in the show, but the hardest part in the show is I have to take a bite of this disgusting, crumbly, flaky uh, pie, and I have to somehow get it, get it down, and then I have to sing this ballad called My Friends, this beautiful, like, soaring ballad to my razors um, with, just, with just flaky crumbs going all, just having a dance on my vocal cords. Not, not, yeah. a, not a spot of moisture in your not, mouth. Not a moisture. You spend so much time backstage warming up your voice, and then it's just like, nope, all goes to hell. Yep. Here you are together. There, there we are. are. That's the Josh song. And Anna Lee. That's the song right there, yeah. my friends. <laughs> You recently, you recently, this is a great photograph, you recently got together with uh, other Sweeney's. This was so fun. Sweeney's. Uh, this was a To blast. celebrate, it was Sondheim's birthday, wasn't it? Um, well, it, you know what's strange is that we all had to put our schedules in, and the day that it lined up for us to all be available happened to land on Sondheim's birthday. And so that's me with the original Sweeney Todd Len Carreyou, the wonderful Michael Cerberus, and the incredible Norm Lewis. Mm. And today, so talking talk to these fellows here, especially, you know, uh, Len, is, yeah. is, is there anything they imparted about the demon barber to you that was, was useful to you in any way? Well, each one of them gave such a unique and incredible take on the role, and I think that that's the incredible thing about carrying the torch and, and holding on to it and keeping it lit until the next amazing produ- production of it. Um, uh, Michael Servers gave me some incredible advice, which is that, like, when, you, you know, I, I have a lot of blood on me at some point in the show, and certainly by the end of Bloody, I've killed, killed people, eaten people, don't, it's, it's fine. Spoiler, spoiler. spoiler. <laughs> He's a demon barber. I mean, that's fine. Um, is, is to wash it off when you, before you go home. Like, in all the ways. Wash it off. Because it's a big role. It's a dark role. There's, um, there's a lot you're taking on to do it. I mean, and like, so, metaphorically, metaphorically wash it off. Wash so it don't off. go home and slit people's that's, throats. You know what? <laughs> Some roles, it's okay to go back. And, I imagine going home after the music, man, was a delight. <laughs> we have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Josh Groban. Everybody stick around. Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Broadway at the Lundfontein Theater. Josh Groban, uh, after spending so much time with Sondheim's incredible words and music, and, and you know, sadly, we lost Stephen Sondheim uh, during COVID. Yes. Uh, is there anything you'd like to ask him? Uh, any questions you have for him about this part or really just about his work? Sondheim loved seeing his work interpreted and done. I, I, there, he always had a, um, a light in his eye whenever he talked about a production somewhere that was going to do one of, his, one of his works. We felt very, very grateful that he knew that this was going to happen and he was excited that we were doing it. And he passed away, sadly, two days before our first music rehearsal um, about, a, you know, over a year ago now. Did you ever have a chance to perform his stuff in front of him? I did get to sing music for him, uh, yes. I mean, I was very lucky to have had, had um, a friendship with him and I got to sing for him. And, um, That's nerve-wracking. Oh, nerve-wracking. You know, I, I was very fortunate to ride on the coattails of the late, great Barbara Cook, who invited me. She knew I was a big fan of, of Sondheim's and invited me to sing with her at the Met here in New York. Mm -hmm. And um, we sang Move On together from Sunday in the Park with George. And, and Steve was out there, and, and I didn't know that he was, he was out there. And, and she said, oh, you know, you know Sondheim was out, was out there. And he said, he said it was really, 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 really beautiful. I'm like, what? Wow. He did? <laughs> and then I got invited to sing at a birthday concert for him at the Hollywood Bowl, and that's when I got that's when I got the hug. That's when I got the hug oh, and the call me Steve. That was a that was a big that was a big moment for in any young young person's life. It's a, you know getting to meet him was just like just the best. I, I want to ask you about this this right here. Oh yeah. So, oh, th this is this is a great photograph. This is you performing the Star Spangled Banner yeah. outside the Cape Canaveral. Is this the is it the very large assembly building? That, that is the, the huge. That is yes, the, the largest yeah. double doors I think in, in the world America or in the world. Yeah, yeah. outside um, Kennedy Space Center. What are yes. you doing there? Um, getting allergies. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just just standing in a field. Yeah. When um, was when was it? This was. Uh, gosh, I mean, we, we taped it. For the Artemis One launch, that was the was the one that that the went uncrewed, un, mission. uncrewed mission to the moon, and I'm a space nut, and st so when they asked me, me if I would film uh, a national anthem and send it to them from home, I said, you know, if if I just happen to get a ticket to Florida, would you be okay setting up a microphone? And they're, yeah, come on by, we'll give you a tour of the building. Coolest day of my life. To be you went to in the building. Oh, we went. I went in the building. I've been there, but I've never been. We in. We went in, and they had the, the the rocket was in the building. And I don't know if you get this. Like when you, I get a weird feeling when I see large things where they where they shouldn't be. Like when I see a shipwreck <laughs> underwater. You know that weird feeling. You get too close to the Statue of Liberty. Like, ugh. Um, it's weird. <laughs> Seeing a space. I'm the only one. It's okay. Um, <laughs> Seeing that rocket in the hangar, mm. which is, I think, one of the tallest freestanding buildings in the world, um, was just was was remarkable. And then watching it, um, you know, they asked if I wanted to do it live on the day, and I'm glad I, we pre-taped it because yeah. they delayed it about eight times. Did but, you get um, to see a launch? Uh, I, I got I watched the launch on TV because they they wound up doing it at like two in the morning. Wouldn't but, you um, want to be there? Wouldn't you want to be there for a oh, launch though? That's my next on my bucket. Especially this one because yeah. these are the the big rockets, not the low Earth orbit stuff. This is to the moon. Absolutely. I hear you. You feel it in your chest. You you feel it. I got to before they put the rocket on the pad. I, I got to go take take a tour of what they call the the flame trench, which is where all the yeah where the fire goes. Um, not ominous. Yeah. Yes. And they're like, oh, would you yeah. like to see the flame trench? <laughs> would, would you like to see the flame trench, Mr. Groban? Mm -hmm. And the guy who's giving us the tour is like, oh yeah, we lose about a thousand birds every time we launch one of these guys. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I think he was kidding. Let's say he, he was kidding. Nobody survives the flame trench. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We throw a lot of corn in there beforehand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I'm a pescatarian. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, let's say when they launch uh, Artemis II, we go down there. I would love to. Let's sure. do it. Sure. Yeah, I'll give you a tour of the, the flame trench. <laughs>
I'd be honored. Thank you. Josh, good to see you. Good to see you, too. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Late Show Pod Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com.